And welcome to the African Tech Roundup episode 118. Now, this is where we round up the most important tech, digital, and innovation highlights from across the African continent. My name is Andile Masugu, and sitting in for Musa Kalenga, who's away on compassionate leave, is good friend of the show, TapSnap founder and CEO, Vijay Vijendranath. How are you doing, Vijay? I'm good. Great to be back. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, um, it's, it's been too long. Um, we're happy to call you a regular around here because you 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 tend to to set it off when you're around <laughs> yeah i mean i think three is the magic number three is three tends to be the magic number but no 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 you you get it lit you you come here with matches and you <laughs> you leave things blazing uh which is a good thing i mean we really love having you here thank you so much oh, for joining us. Be here. Yeah. for sure listen and look also in the building um is obakeng uh morapeli matoko did i say that right Nah, you killed it. Did I just but- butcher that? <laughs> just butcher it. Oba Gang, just tell us your name, like, properly. Oba Gang Morapedi Wamato. Morapedi. Yeah, Morapedi. I-, I read that L like a like a, like an L. That's it's, re- a, it's a D. It's a D. In Sisut. Yeah. Yeah. All right. My bad, my brother. Listen, no you're, you're, the found- <laughs> you're the founder of After Robot, a taxi app which hopes to usher in a new paradigm for the South African minibus taxi industry. Oh. Yeah, you guys have certainly picked a tough one to grapple with. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, that, among other things. What's interesting is you guys have in common here the, the fact that you are... <laughs> I hate to use the term, but I mean, it's so commonly used. You both run startups that are the Uber for something, right? Yeah. And, and that's an interesting thing. Like, I didn't realize that um, inviting you to be with us today, Vijay, to, to stand in for Musa, that actually there would be that you'd have this in common with our guest today. But we're going to talk about all this and more. And because, because I've got two guests on the show... Um, instead of, of one in, in a regular, what we're going to do is we're going to dispense with formalities. We're going to flip the script. Usually we'd go through a ton of all the, the most prolific highlights within the context of African tech, emerging tech and innovation. But today I've got too much to talk to you two about for that to happen. So while I do the sponsor bit, I need you guys to think about the one or two things that are sort of trending in the news arena within tech and innovation on the continent, um, things that are sort of trending in your life personally um, that we can discuss before we head straight into what I'd really like to talk to you guys about. Yeah. So as you think, let's do this. This episode of the African Tech Roundup is brought to you by Europe's preeminent Africa-focused tech event. And I do not say that lightly, folks. Um, I truly believe that if there's one tech event for you to attend in Europe uh, this year or any year, frankly, it's this one. It's Afrobytes Tech Conference 2018, and it's themed the rise of the African tech industry Wakanda forever. <laughs> you, can't, you can't see. For those who can't see, I'm doing the Wakanda yeah, forever. We're doing the Wakanda vibes. All right. Wakanda forever. Um, everything goes down in Paris, folks, on June 7th and 8th, 2018. I, I hope I haven't like infringed on, on some sort of copyright by doing that. But anyway, um, listen, and once again, this year, we're really honored to be partnering with Afrobytes to be part of, you know, bringing you the very finest opportunities to connect with an incredible cross-section of actors within Africa's tech and innovation space. Uh, game-changing insights always ensue at, Afri- at Afrobytes conference. And so this year's event will be hosted at Medev, which is France's largest entrepreneur network in France, uh, representing over 750 thousand companies of every size across industry commerce and services yeah it's safe to say that france is taking 
uh, African tech and entrepreneurship on the continent, I think a little seriously, um, which is nice to see. Head over to Afrobytes.com to get a sense of what you missed out on last year and what you dare not miss out on this year. Super early bird bookings are open and tickets currently cost between 195 and 595 euro. And by the way, uh, it's worth mentioning that we have a secret stash of video content that we co-produced with Afrobytes last year. We cannot wait to unleash on you guys. We've been saving that for, you know, the build up towards this year's conference. Uh, we can't wait to share some of the insights that came out there. You know, just look out for that. Follow us on social. Do what you need to do. Uh, find us on Twitter at African Roundup. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash African Tech Roundup. Or simply head to africantechroundup.com. So, folks, I hope I gave you enough time to think about uh, what sort of trended over the last, you know, few weeks, you know, perhaps the last month or so that sort of stands out to you that might be relevant to our audience that is spread across the continent and indeed around the world. Uh, what's on your mind, Obake? What's on my mind is uh, I think the missed opportunity by transport operators in seeing the message that the customer is telling them. You know, by, by, you know, burning Uber cars and by, you know, just the violence, they're missing a crucial point that it's not the Uber drivers that are messaging them. It's the commuter saying that they want a better service and the better service needs to be provided. And Uber happens to be the person providing it. So what they actually need to understand is this, that even if you get rid of them, the customer wants a better service. How are you starting to change your operations Let's say as a standard meter taxi operator, what kind of interface systems do you have? You know, how easy is it for commuters, uh, passengers to be able to use your service? You know, how online friendly are you? This is the message that I feel they are missing. And this is linked to the very current and very sad news that, um, you know, I heard actually driving to today's recording. Uh, yet another, I'm not sure if it's an Uber or taxify driver has been killed in South Africa's capital city, Tswane. And um, yeah, apparently he was accosted and burnt alive, which is really, really sad. That was that was just making the news just not an hour ago. Uh, and then, of course, there's the news of Uber having to leave Morocco because it's just become untenable, um, frankly unsafe for their, for their driver partners to continue to operate there. And so this is something we're going to dig into, not, not least because After Robots is yet another... "Quote unquote disruptive, uh, collaborative disruptive." Ah, okay, all right. So he, we're not destructive. We, he's not we destructive with him, but but disruptive nonetheless, right? Nonetheless, yeah. but internally, you know. All right, no, let's talk about that. That's why. That's why we don't. That's why I don't want us to spend too much time on on the news tidbits. I've got too much brain power in the room to waste on 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 talking about certain things. Uh, Vijay, what's on your mind? Uh, what stands out to you in terms of the last few weeks? You know, things that have started. Well. Uh, certainly the huge drive and, as always, the big buzz around blockchain and cryptocurrency. Uh, I mean, people are driving this like you can't believe the amount of headway, headlining. I, th I think it's taken up nearly 80% of the news um, overseas, right? Yeah, yeah. And now, Look, I, I now mean, they're saying Africa is ready for, I don't know, we're still, we're still using cash around here. Look, Bank of America says crypto is threatening its business model. No one asked them to sort of confess that, but they did. You know yeah. what I mean? So there must be something to it. I mean, I, I'm no sort of, 
crypto fanatic. Um, but I am sold on some of the use cases. And, and I mean, having uh, recently interviewed the, the CEO of Venture Garden, um, they have as part of their portfolio Shaw Remit, which is, the, which is a spinoff business from the Shaw Gifts business. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when you listen to his story and how they sort of surfed the ICO trend to do something that has just you know, just such a superb relevance to the market they're trying to serve. You know, you you can't help but admire the gumption and frankly, just how well they they did that. And just in case, you know, some of you listeners haven't listened to that, go check it out at africantechroundup.com, head to the quick tech chats playlist, look for my my conversation with Bunmi Akinyamiju, I hope I said that right, of, of Venture Garden. But the long and short of it in that particular context, Sure Gifts didn't ask people to start using the vouchers they create as remittance tools, right? As little remittance right, you know, right. opportunities. And so they stumbled upon this opportunity to create an infrastructure for remittances, uh, a platform for remittances, and raise funds for their startup in the same, you know, in one sort of diff stroke. And mm. and I know this is not the same conversation as is Bitcoin the thing? Or should I should I be or should I sort of liquidate my entire portfolio and put it in crypto? I know it's not the same debate, but I do think um, there's enough good stuff in there to mm. be excited about it at least. I don't uh, know what you think. Well, I, I would I want to see a use case for it because there was uh, someone who put on Twitter who was very frustrated. A proper use case. I'm thinking, why is Western Union still existing in in Africa? I have no idea. But this lady apparently from Zimbabwe uh, who works in South Africa transferred two thousand dollars. US dollars back to a family and apparently cost $400 to do so. That is the issue right there. So if blockchain and cryptocurrency can solve that problem yeah. so that the transfer cost is literally cents and yeah. not $300, yeah. I'm sold. That is, that is, that's where uh, we can make the changes here. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I'll, I'll also add to that is that I think the, the, the entire issue, well, so I'm, I'm not so much from a cryptocurrency perspective, but from the blockchain itself, Africa, I would say is ready because there are certain elements of the elements that you need to create a successful blockchain, which is what, um, you know, the crypto, most of the cryptocurrency uh, technologies are based on. I mean, you need um, the asset. You need to have uh, an asset base, right? You need to have uh, actors that would transact within the framework, and then also, obviously, the the services that would be uh, rendered within that that framework. And once you have those key elements, which a lot of uh, I mean, most things that we interact with. I mean, even from our perspective with the minibus. Uh, we have those core elements in order to to do that, and we have also been looking at the at the blockchain technology ourselves moving forward to see how you know how relevant can that be. Um, let's say from a trip perspective, when a commuter sends a commuter trip, um, that could uh, create an immutable record, um, you know, of that trip once the they engage with the taxi driver. That already on its own data such as um, route utilization. So understanding, uh, you know, uh, passenger volumes and movements, vehicle flows, you can start to do like certain planning, you know, Mm. um, dispatch frequency ratios. There's a couple of planning products that you can build from that. And blockchain is perfect 
Um, and integrate with a lot of the startups out there that are already sort of blockchain enabling, sort of mapping and exactly, geolocating yeah. Yeah, and things yeah, like because that. Because all those, all those, uh, you know, all those elements can create an immutable record that we can then refer to later on. And and you know, on top of that, there's a whole list of other planning products that can be generated. But to Vijay's point, um, at best, right, at, this is according to the Internet Society, like we're looking at 21, 22% penetration on the continent, internet penetration, smartphones included. Okay, so, I mean, w- the future's coming, right? But it's not here yet. And I think maybe maybe that's, that's what rubs some people up the, the wrong way in terms of the, the sort of practical application for blockchain-related technologies in the now as we head to a future that obviously is as what is what you just described about gang, which is, you know what I mean? We, we are already on some level. I mean, Wakanda is going to happen at some point, right? Hmm, uh, right. It, it's, it's, it's not just a figment of imagination. It's really a matter of time. But I suppose there is enough room for conversation. And I think we should have healthy conversation around what's the best way to participate. And some of the sometimes I worry that the the gap between Africa's ability to participate fully in this trend in, at the sort of top line level. Right. I mean, you talk about if we just look at the computing power that would be required for the, the continent to collectively take on Asia or the US, North America or, or Europe in terms of mining crypto or you know participating in these trends even with the icos we're starting to mm-hmm. see pop up um i i worry that we're not addressing like the systematic gaps um that have been created you know thanks to the likes of colonialism and others and i don't think that uh, uh creating a, a crypto craze necessarily solved that problem number one and i also don't think in, in terms of like the fact that, you know, mobile is a thing on the continent, the sort of consumer opportunity or the consumerism linked opportunities of what it means to, you know, yay, we're mobile, isn't the same as sort of the, the broader issues around inclusion and, and real mm. sort of beneficiation. Well, what, what is the difference that uh, the United States or Asia did? Because there was a stage where they were in a very similar socioeconomic state as Africa, not long ago. Singapore... 40 years ago, was very similar to Zimbabwe and South Africa in terms of socioeconomic status. What changed? What was the difference that Singapore pushed through, that the United States pushed through? And the answer I keep getting is, is supporting industrialism, supporting capitalism, and not uh, being feeling sorry for what they do. They just proudly build something that the world needed. You know, That's something to look at. Uh, you tell me, what did they do differently yeah. to, to bridge that gap, to make them where they are today? So it's funny you should mention that because one of the things that stood out for me, um, a news item that stood out for me this past week is the fact that Daimler's biggest investor is now Geely, which is a Chinese company. Yes. You know, which I'm, I, I say that to speak to perhaps the point you're making, which is the, frankly, the, what's the word? The audacious, the audacious sort of investment mindset that China has sported for, for decades now. And and perhaps we we need to start to do that. I mean, I, I was on I, I chaired a panel at the uh, at Africa Tech Summit uh, Kigali um, a, a couple of weeks ago. There was a there was a sort of a government official on on one of the panels, and I put it to him straight. What it seems to me is Rwanda is essentially mostly a protectionist state. That's what I sense, you know. And 
he 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 bristled when I when I when I put that to him, and he because he, he didn't want to come across as though Rwanda's closed to to investors, which that's not what I was saying. I was just saying in terms of the mindset or even the their posture in terms of engagement with the rest of the world, it's Rwanda for Rwandans first, and then everyone else, and and using that as a basis for engagement. I just think in terms of how we think about beneficiation mm. and deal making and who benefits in the long term, in the short term. Maybe we need to start asking more questions before we sign. Well, China, China did that. Uh, yeah. First thing they did is, especially 20 years ago, when obviously all the cars were making phones, whatever, it was like terrible. But now the designer phones, designer stuff is going out of China. It's become desirable for me to buy that instead of the American yeah. products. Yeah. But how they started was, number one, they started investing in property overseas, right? So they could create some sort of safe havens for Chinese people and businesses to set up shop. So they would uh, buy out certain blocks and they say all Chinese businesses can set up business here. It can be, it can be literally be a, uh, a, a bookstore. It can be um, Chinese food, anything. With that, they started sponsoring Chinese people a lot of money to go study overseas. Study how the people at Harvard do it. People, people in Singapore do it. People in Australia do it. And then they would end up doing it. They end up understanding how they do it. Come back and they started building internally. Of course, some would stay over. Yeah. And, and a lot of the intellectual property would be transferred. It started with that. Can Africa do it? Can we yeah. sponsor property, like find safe havens so that African businesses can set up shop in North America, Europe, Australia, what have you? No, we're letting other businesses. I mean, look at iFlex. Um, yeah, they come and set up an Africa business, quote unquote, and then sell it to, to Kwese. Now, listen, I'm, everyone who listens to the show knows I'm quite a big fan of the Econet group. I am yet to meet the man who runs it, Strive Masiwa, but I'm a huge fan of his of his career and everything is achieved. But there's something about the fact that, you know, I, I'm not quite clear on the value that iFlix would have created in the short time they've been on the continent that's worth selling and buying and, and sort of publici- publicizing as this big, awesome sale. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, maybe but, just to step in, because yeah. um, I just, I actually wanted to raise this point earlier. So my, my take on the whole thing. So I fully uh, like, you know, that idea of having safe havens for, 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 for African focused uh, businesses to go and set up shop. That's like, so it's so required. It's not even funny. But another thing that I would also say is that I think even as Africans, let's start playing to our highest common denominator, which is what? Instead of our think? lowest. I think let's try and always have, the best use cases being the ones that lead instead of us, let's say, trying to say uh, we're, uh, let's say, let's say on feature phones, for example, I would say rather that we try and drive smartphone penetration rather than trying to build feature phone solutions, try and figure out the real, the real challenge here is that smartphones are not penetrating. Let's rather fix that issue because that then opens up the ability for us to try and leapfrog our way through to the, you know, to try and compete with these people versus let's say us trying to now build feature phone solutions that are very cumbersome. You're building for old tech and eventually, you know, no one really gets there. So I would say rather, let's say this, we build for the highest common denominator. So we try and take our best use cases and try and replicate those. So talking about markets, right? Um, looking at, let's say, I'll take it back to my specific market and what we found out, right, is that for our particular demographic, which is actually LSM 3 to 7. Which uh, for our overseas <laughs> viewers, what does, what does that mean? Uh, so it's basically... Uh, overseas audience. Oh, it's a life standards measure. So it's a life standards measure of what, you know, uh, 
assets, goods and services people engage with it. What, what, so it's a, it's, it's a, a whole, lens, I guess. It's a, it's a whole, lens yeah, for seeing whole, like the yeah. consumer. And in this yeah. case, like three to seven, we're talking about, um, economically, economically relatively active people because yeah. the, the, the entire economy. So let's say I'll take it back to the minibus, right? This economy survives on the minibus. You know, the people that actually make the thing run itself don't have sufficient cash to buy durable assets like vehicles. But you know what? They have a decent enough device because a lot of them, work, they go to school. That's why they're traveling. So it's not like poor, poor, poor people. It's people that are actually economically active. Upwardly just, mobile. Yeah, they just want better sort of engagement solutions. So what we've actually found, which is actually really interesting, is that the, the commuter base, we're seeing a de- decent spread of smartphone penetration, eh? Um, in the taxi ranks itself, you see people in the taxi itself, they have decent low end smartphones, which is what we then try to build for. Um, funny enough, the taxi drivers don't have, they have feature phones. So that's a problem that we, we're discussing with, uh, you know, the industry and how to resolve that. But the, the commuter base would have that. So I'm just saying where we, what we try to say is this, that let's look at best practice was these people realized, like from the story we just saying is that they realized people outside are doing something in a particular manner. Let's go focus on the best practice. That's what they've done. Focused on the best practice and then made that happen. So us as well, even our own successes, let's focus on our best practices and then try and push that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But talking about taxis, um, Fusi, I think he's that, that entrepreneur that's on the news all the time. Fusi Tembewai? Yeah. yeah, Who said he wrote the speech for, the finance minister. Oh yes, apparently <laughs> ghostwriting for our for the finance minister yeah. in South Africa. Yeah. But yeah, what about him? He mentioned that the taxi industry is so wealthy in terms of cash resources. Why are they still getting loans from banks to buy taxis? Couldn't they work together, put the money together? They could literally start their own airline. This massive stock fell. They could start a, a tex, taxi stock fell. This, which is again, so, yeah. Uh, so I, I, yeah, okay, go ahead. So this is the issue, right? It's fragmentation. Yeah, it's the fragmentation of the system itself that. It has caused a lot which of system do you mean when you say, like the, do the you minibus mean... taxi let's say this uh. literally each each vehicle let's on average that if it's not an owner driver it's a it's an individual business so the associations themselves let's say they have like 200 or 300 members you'd have 200 or 300 different businesses in that one association it's very fragmented it's very difficult to get anything going because why you need 300 200 approvals for doing something you need you know it needs to be done by voting which is why um the the sort of the cooperative model was something that has been discussed to say is it possible maybe to move it towards a co-op model where it's not each individual person having his own individual you know business but come together as a group that's exactly what they're suffering from yeah it's Mm. it's the fragmentation which ironically is (laughs) <laughs> elements of past because you know we were in a space of m- much fragmentation you know fragmentation to the minute degree yeah. fragmentation from you two can't talk to each other you know fragmentation so they still have that mindset that's what i think one of the things we need to really work on f- fixing but also then work on looking at best practices but what about the broader debate about the taxi industry corporately which of course it's not as you just described it's not um but if we think about it as you know, in, you know, if we think about it inclusively, um, probably the largest, you know, corporate business in Black Hands. 
So I'm going to be controversial about that. Yeah. And I apologize for that. Yeah. I'll say only from an operations perspective. Dang, bro. Because when we really look at it, who owns the vehicles? The it's banks. not in black hands. Yeah. Who owns the spares, the parts, the, the fuel, the engine? Everything total. is so only from an operations perspective, I will concede. But everything else, unfortunately, so, not. You so, you based on that, what you just said, that concession you're making or that you know unfortunate reality check, if if the drivers, if the owners in this in this well, owners again, quote unquote, yeah. the owners. I'm talking about the actual, you know, taxi driver owners. Um, if they don't come to the party and organize, they stand to be I don't want to say disrupted, but they they're going to get seriously hurt in the long term. Like worse, they're going to get they're going to get hurt harder than anyone else. And that's the unfortunate part of what the reality that because they the real are owners, uh, the real owners, basically. Um, are going to make money as the system evolves, regardless of what it looks like. Yeah. So, so, you know, the, the ones that can realize that by pooling resources and coming together, right. And trying to make it more from a operations perspective and a business perspective are likely the ones to survive. Right. The other ones are going to struggle, but the way that they've kept the market at bay from an operations perspective has unfortunately been, and as we've seen, violence. You know? mm-hmm. So yeah, keeping... you do not mess with taxi drivers, with mini tax, yeah, mini bus taxi. Yeah. Listen, the, the the meter taxi guys, they seem to be. I mean, they're happy to concentrate their violence on each other, on on people who step out. The mini bus taxi fraternity, yeah, those, those you do not mess. And and that's unfortunate because what it what it creates is a culture of um, having a captive client, in that their the commuter becomes a captive client to the level that only when the taxi service is available and in most areas it's the only system that's available right but the moment that they have a viable alternative and we've seen this happen so the moment like a sort of a bus rapid yeah, transit system bus comes through situation. or something comes yeah. through what do commuters do they go to where the service is so what we're trying to explain to them is that it's not good to have a captive client you must have a client that wants to engage with your service not a client that has to because why then you don't care for things like customer service that's why you find the drivers are you know they behave the way they do because they know that this is a captive client you know these are all some of the it's it's actually mental issues more than anything that we're constantly trying to talk. We literally say to them, guys, you know, the minibus taxi industry. In fact, I was at a uh, at an intelligent transport uh, systems conference in 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 Melbourne, Australia, and I made a statement. I said that when it comes to the one too many route based, load based uh, public transport service, the minibus taxi is the best public transport service in the world. Our job as after Robert is just to prove it because when you look at all these other modes of transport, buses, planes, trains, they would not survive if it wasn't for the government subsidy. Yet you have the minibus that gets no subsidy yet can take all this market share. So we're saying there's a lot of good in the system itself. However, it's the informality, it's the fragmentation, it's the lack of looking at, you know, what are the best practices out there as was discussed. It's 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 not focusing on client services, but just being there and playing also on not value, but on price. Yeah. Trying to be the cheapest uh, service that 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 causes a lot of the issues that we find. To the point again, to, to the point you just made, Vijay, we were talking off mic about how you know 
there are some people claiming, some researchers claiming now that in certain cities, um, Uber actually making things worse, i.e., you know, the, making things worse in the traffic, in yeah. terms of the traffic condition yeah. issues. And yeah, to the point you're making, I'm trying to think about how quickly South Africa would unravel or just how clogged the streets would be if the taxi business decided to to disappear or, you know, oh, 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 it'd be a mess. It'd be a I mess. Mean, yeah. we, we've seen it right last yeah. year in, in, in June, um, in Durban, yeah. when, when they stopped working, yeah. um, in Gauteng here in November, yeah. when they stopped, it's a total mess. Yeah, you can say Uber and Taxify, you know, I mean, they dope solutions for the sort of no, more but, affluent class, but as a practical Africa relevant solution or South Africa relevant solution, no, they, they can't, can't cope. Can't I mean, two thirds, even buses. The buses were stressed, like the trains. Every like, cause mm. think about it. When guys that have seventy percent of the market share stop working, everyone else is owning just the one third of the market share. Right? right. If they stop working, no matter how much they're scrambling, it's it's just it's a problem. But what we're saying is, we're trying to say, let's think about how to use systems that and cross and cross sector as well. You know. Whatever's happening in, in different spaces, how can we try to use that to make that business better and more viable? Barry Hilton, yeah, the comedian, yeah, he spoke about this very situation. He's speaking to a, a mostly, obviously, middle-class crowd. and Barry Hilton being a middle-aged white male. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Telling yeah. guys, guys, yeah. this service, the taxi business, is yeah. not going anywhere. Stop complaining about it in traffic. Yeah. It's, not it's a going... very middle-class thing to do. Yeah, exactly. Africa, complain. Right? I complain about white it too. I'm driving the car. Mostly. Look at this taxi. Yeah. Cutting me off again. What the hell? But he's saying it's not going anywhere because it's the only service that if you say stop here, they stop here. And if you ask them to take me there, they stop there. It's the only service in South Africa that does that. Yeah. Anywhere, especially the poor Not can access. Uber and Taxify get that right sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it's accessible all over the country. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. How do you replace that? It speaks to who gets blamed for what, right? It's the cast, It's the commuter who's demanding that action. Yes. It's not actually the taxi driver, right? It's the commuter who's saying, I want to stop here. I want to get off there, right? So a lot of the times, you know, when I started after robot, you have to go and pitch, you know, like to try and get funding. And typically the person who's on the other side of the table, as you said, would be a middle class, typically not my hue, you know, would and be of a lighter hue. is pretty black. <laughs> just, <laughs> well, just heads up, yeah. So, so and, and it's that trying to drive that this thing is important to fix to someone who has this visceral feeling about this thing. And then you're asking for money for for it so it's part of the challenges that we've had and context but, yeah in the context of it but let's say to the commuter right this is what we're saying even for the commuter right we want to try and improve the service right so one of the things to improve a service is you need to plan for it okay so now, before you before you do, yeah. before you go there i want i want you maybe it, it's helpful to to explain when you say improve the service mm-hmm. maybe for a lot of a lot of our listeners th- th- that service isn't even clear um, and and perhaps in in helping you or setting you up to explain what you're solving for, okay. I was on the How bus the other day, which is the mm-hmm. feeder sort of bus service linked mm-hmm. to the How train, which is the which is the high speed train you know uh, that that we have in Gauteng. And I, I remember getting a, a weird feeling of, oh man, the bus isn't dropping me off where I want to be because literally the, where the bus stop is and where I was going is like. 50 meters apart. Mm. If I'd been on a taxi, I would have been dropped off exactly where I wanted to be. But the how bus doesn't stop anywhere except where there's a how bus stop, mm-hmm. right? And so 
I think that's really an interesting window into transport culture in general that you, we, you know, we've all just started to discuss. And we're probably leaving a lot of people confused about how this all works and how, frankly, 70% of our population on the continent or in South Africa gets around. And then, by the way, so we've been to Kenya and we spoke to some of the guys from the Sarkos. Uh We did actually get to engage with some guys, but it was around the border borders, you mm-hmm. know, between Uganda yeah. and, and yeah. Um, we had gone to Swaziland. Um, so, so this mode of transportation is basically ubiquitous. It's all over the continent. It yeah. goes by different names. Matatus in, yeah, in, yeah, in, 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 in East in, Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, 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 so maybe, maybe to step back, right? I'd like to explain this from how we like to highlight the difference between what we're doing and let's say what a service of a taxi. Let's say if you are in Europe or the states, what people think of as taxi. So we define it as this way. For us, public transport is defined in two ways. It's got two service types and two modes. So two modes and two service types. That's how you kind of have to figure it out. Now, the modes. The first mode would be the one-to-one mode. Now, one-to-one mode will pick you up from your point of origin because every trip has an ODP, right, origin and destination, and drop you off at your point of destination, route agnostic, meaning there is no route. So um, a meter taxi, a taxi as people would think about it, that would be a one-to-one service or a one-on-one service. It would fetch you from wherever you are and drop you off wherever you want to go. So that's a one-on-one service, right, as a mode. Then... There are a lot of solutions get towards that. So the Ubers of the world, Taxify, which taxi, doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't? Um, you know, no, I tried it. I mean, we downloaded the, the app in Kigali. It does not it's work. Oh, over there. Okay. okay. Yeah. Wait, anyway. So, sorry. So, this is yeah. hot take. I'm just, today I'm just, I, I don't know why I'm flowing these hot takes. Like I'd say, okay. So maybe coming from a, from a, from a developer's perspective of trying to implement a solution like that, that has also a physical space attached to it. Just understand maybe the difficulty those guys are trying to get through. Uber resolved it by having literally their own vehicles, right? Yes. Now it is more bit challenging when you're trying to collaborate with those guys, the actual transport operators and those kind of challenges. So maybe to their defense, I have Shame. to try and, you know, <sighs> so, just talk to so, on their behalf. Uh, so, but, but as a fellow, as, as a fellow creator, as a fellow of creator a of a solution in the mobility space, thrown under a bus like that and not right. try and comment. Oh, 200 minibus, you mean? <laughs> I hope not. That Anil is driving. So it's funny because I raised them. I raised them with tongue in cheek because yeah. there's there's another question I want to ask you once you you're done setting the, the setting. Okay, fine. And it has to do with Afri Taxi and Diego Moto and what I observed okay. in Kigali. But okay. let's so carry on. Right. You were on the modes of transport yeah, yeah. before the hot take. Okay, I'm so so ja-ta-da. it's it's the modes, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, so that's the one on one mode. Then yeah. you've got. The one too many. So there's only two modes, right? Now, one too many will typically be route-based. You as a user, you have to, your origin and destination has to be along the service provision route. So let's say, unless if you're filthy rich, right? If you want to use an airplane, you have to go to the airport, right? And from the airport, you go along a dedicated route with many other people. Now, right. if you go use a train, it's the same thing. A bus, it's the same thing. Right. Mini bus is the same thing. It goes along a particular route, right? So it's a one-to-many route-based uh, mode, service mode. Then you've got the two service types. A scheduled service, meaning at 3 o'clock, at 4 o'clock, regardless of the uh, load factors in the vehicle, that vehicle will depart. So you get to the how bus, right? If there's one person in that 60-seater, right, and it's 3 o'clock, it'll leave. 
It doesn't matter how many people are in there. Right? As tends to be the case at around three yeah, o'clock, yeah, as it happens. <laughs> <A lot of laughs> times, you know what's up? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I did not just make that. Yeah, I, I know why I said it. Okay. And then, so that's the service type, right? So that's the scheduled service. Right. Then you've got the load based service, which is what it's about: load maximization. So it's about making sure that the vehicle is always full; it always has a load. And this is what the minibus is. It's they a do one not leave many. until that thing is full. You know, if you get to the rank and you're the first guy there and it's three o'clock. <laughs> unlucky, tough, unlucky, bro. Unlucky. You know, you're going to wait for it to fill up. If you're, the first, if you're the last person and you get there, you know, Bob's your uncle, you leave. So this is what we're trying to, 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 to work around. Now, around this element that you've spoken about with the how train and the stops, right? The bus stops. Now, one of the challenges we're having is the flexibility is good for commuters, right? To be able to stop anyway, right? Yes. Um, however, one of the things that you lose out, because you know what life, um, the concept of opportunity cost, right? <laughs> what you gain on the swings, you lose on the roundabouts. Yeah. Is that with that super flexibility, you lose out on planning and yeah. an ability to plan. How and safety, can dude. Really... What about safety? I was going to get to sure. that. You lose a big portion yeah. or big element on safety. So I think one of the things communities just need to think about is we're looking at convenience versus trying to say how do we sort out all these other gremlins the planning issues all these other funding issues one of the issues funders have a lot is that yeah but we can't plan for something that's just anywhere we need a fixed point of reference which is why all other modes would have that fixed point of reference right so it's a challenge that we need to overcome yeah. how do we find a middle ground between you know the the the, the informality but also then the the flexibility and the formal systems, but the funding and the subsidization and the safety. So there's all these things that come to play. Which brings me to why I kind of tongue-in-cheek threw in AfriTaxi earlier on, referenced Diego Moto um, earlier on, because what I learned in observing and listening to Diego Moto's um, CEO and founder talking about his, uh, you know, his company, I can't get to his name right now, but... I instantly got the sense this is hype. You know, when I saw they were listed as a as a sponsor of, you know, Africa Tech Summit, yada, yada. Then speaking to him, I was like, we need to watch this. I think the solution to what you just described, public-private partnership, which is really the basis of the platform that Yogomoto is building. It has the blessing of the Rwandan government. It is looking to solve for the pain points that the government has identified in the space of these motos or boda bodas that have like swarmed the city. They've tried to ban them. They've tried to, you know, jail drivers and, you know, disincentivize people from turning to this as, as, a, as, a, as a living. None of that's worked. They, and, and, the, and apparently the one to two times they tried to take them off the roads entirely, the same thing that happened here when, when, when uh, the same thing that happens in South Africa when taxi drivers, you know, go on strike happened over there. So they realized um, as a government that they needed to figure out a way to regulate the space. Um, Yego Motor swoops in with this platform that adds value to these drivers, you know, helps them create a steady flow of income, gives them credit records and delivers a big brother solution to <laughs> to the government and a healthy injection to the fiscus. Right. And I raise all this. Why? Because I feel like you're your company and the concept you're trying to pitch, surely the the solution to most of the pain points we, you've described are solved by corporatizing with government blessing. 
is that far-fetched to say? Um, well, not really, not really. It's not far-fetched to say because ultimately public-private partnerships are what really makes sense. I mean, Train is a triple P, uh, the BRT is a triple P. So you are correct in terms of the fact that, yeah, in essence, this is what is meant to do. That Sorry, def- and the other thing is Uber is yeah. not. And yeah. Uber is intentionally not. And in fact, it's a big part of the brand that they're not. And and it's not just they're not, they just rub it in everyone's faces, including their drivers, including everybody. It's mm-hmm. like, perhaps that's not constructive. And perhaps you should never go that route. Which is why we're saying that it's it's about collaboration, um, trying to work together to find this solution. Uh, our focus was always to say that, you know, every year um, people are discussing how do we actually create a really integrated public transit rapid network where you have integration between buses, you have mini buses, you know, uh, you know, all kinds of modes because it's about actually commuter movements, right? How does the commuter or passenger move from one point to the next? Now, in order to do that, what we then realized is that uh, we need to be able to compare apples with apples. A lot of the systems that are built out there are for the formal sort of transport systems. And then you have this big informal system that has no systems in place. It's going to always be a challenge to try and integrate that. So our pitch to the operators is to say, here is this potential for other revenue streams and other revenue building, right? Other revenue building to improve your business. Our whole take is this, that it's about how do you improve your business as an operator and also generate other revenue streams information being one other revenue, possible revenue stream that they've never been used to. The only thing is, you know, a warm, uh, we call them a warm bum in the seat. That's the only way that they're generating revenue. And our whole point is to say, yeah, but there's other multiple platforms and revenue uh, streams that you can build into. So our focus is to them is say, look where everyone else is. It's inevitable. You know, the world has has changed no matter how we deny it, you know. It's inevitable. The world has moved to a certain position. You can either choose to ignore the change, and we've seen what happens to certain companies. And it's not particular. It's not really particular just to, to let's say the minibus. I mean, you've got a lot of blue chip companies, or or you know even uh, mobile based companies that we know of before that are no longer around, or you know uh, uh, film film making <laughs> companies that just didn't see the digital wave mm-hmm. and how it Kodak. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know. Okay. Etel, to be fair, you're still out there, but yeah. we see we see you, fam. Like, <laughs> you're changing names. You're selling off. I'm yeah. asking uh, Afrobot. Yeah. Is Afrobot after, like after robot? Yeah. Uh, sorry. Uh, what am I thinking? After, after, after robot, robot, which is what you say when you're in a taxi um, and you want to drop off after the robot. After. Uh, so so as soon as they stop after the robot. After robot. Yeah. After uh, robot. Uh, no, you should call it in front of my car bot. <laughs> no one actually says that but if the person wants to stop if where the person wants to stop happens to be in front of where you're you're parked yeah. well hey then that's well then hey that's what's going that, that's what i mean in front of me inconveniencing right. middle class yeah, spot yeah. hey bro you're just, gonna, you're just gonna have to drive you're just that's gonna actually inconvenience okay. you know, so basically the, the application will help me get a taxi so basically yeah. you say i'm here and yeah. they will come pick you up. And I'm going to a particular location. So this is what, but understand, so this is what we're trying to do, first of all. Okay. We're bringing the operators onto the space because like, you know, like Uber would do it or any other company, you need to get the drivers on board. You need a critical mass them, of yeah. actual service providers. Yeah, service providers. Once they kind of are understanding what what is there, then you need sort of a 
sort of a first movers of commuters that would be willing to try out a service, right? Then you need to build these two people and then you need to bring these two together in a way that kind of makes sense for them to start ironing out the kinks, you know, making sure that the things are working. Yeah. And then, then, then once that is there, so I imagine, then you can really scale. So, so yeah. where we are is, you know, we we are in that in that transition period between the operators, the taxi drivers have it. They've used it for a bit. Mm. They've had one or two commuters, but we need to get a bigger bigger sort of number on. Which is why then we went to the taxi rank and said, "Hey guys, can you?" But specifically to just the yeah, route. so these they had dancers out there in the yeah. taxi rank, just like to then. the route, just at why, that. Why, why does they say no? Why? What? What is telling them? I don't like this. Are they just being facetious? As in anything technology means will take away our business. Why are they? Being, it's. it's yeah. uh, you know what? Firstly, they have feature phones, guys. Let's start there. Like so let's say. So one of the. So the first challenges was was the device profile, right? Mm. Um, in that, um, guys are having this kind of a device. So our discussion to them was okay, but you know what? You have moved. You think you haven't moved, but look, you've moved because you're not using landlines. 15 years ago, these things were also thought of as useless. So this feature phone that you have, by the way, went through a lot to get to your hand. You know, it it was cumbersome. Yeah. Its battery wouldn't last. In 2001, you know? my dad said I, I didn't need one. No one would ever need one. <laughs> yeah. no, no, no 17-year-old at Varsity needed, yeah, needs a, a, in a, fact, in a fact, cell phone. Uh, the, 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 at 3310, no one. Yeah, the very best experts at the time, I think, said that. Yes, but a 3310 is, uh, is made of vibranium. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's... <laughs> yeah. but, but, but the addressable market size they said back then was like maximum in the world 600,000 yeah. units and, like, I, and my, to my off, dad Andile was not part off. of that addressable market <laughs> <laughs> he was like nah this dude must yeah. not be part so, of the- <laughs> so, so at least they have feature phones so when we discuss with them we're like but you've moved you don't realize that you've moved but here you're having a mobile device you're not dependent on a landline so so that's the first you're thing. not so, rushing home to go make a call yeah you know yes. yeah yeah you know yeah. So, so that's a move in, in itself now we are saying take the next step that the feature phone itself has limitations so take the next step to what would really allow you to engage with the technology kind of screen screen. (laughs) well if they are using feature phones what if you could turn it around and they could use the feature phone to tell them where the passengers are in terms of numbers Oh man, we, we've so we've uh, we've tried some. So we worked uh, with uh, as an USSD based. Yeah, stuff. we yes. worked. So yeah. we worked with the CSRR, uh, but uh, I think two years ago okay. we tried it. We tried using like a USSR based. Uh, I'm sorry, USSD based sort of implementation. It was called Mobi4D, and oh man, you know, just the Nightmare. the work that's involved <laughs> in trying to map the routes. You need particular codes. You got the the time limit. You need to take this whole packet of data, send it to your server, compile the info, send it back. It was just it's 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 difficult. Yeah. So it's actually easier to get them to use a smartphone. It's and way, then, I mean, it's got its location. It, you can start engaging with the thing. It, so maybe your service should actually be if you sign up on uh, on after what after robot after robot. Mm-hmm. If you sign up on after robot, mm-hmm. you get a free cell phone free smartphone so this is the business model we are driving so we've got a dual-sided business yeah. basically the mass market side which is yeah. the commuter side that's why on their side we just have a you know a, an app on the play store that people can download and use but yeah from the operator's perspective yeah we're actually looking at driving smartphone penetration and part of the challenges we are having is obviously talking to the network operators to say guys i mean you and the business of selling smartphones here's a potential 
sort of market that we're saying if 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 obviously it takes off there's a whole i mean it's uh, what we last time when we did the analysis it's close to 800,000 um units just in South Africa alone of a potential of the smartphone penetration you know yeah. and to say if we did that you know that could really open up a lot of things for different services. And so how are you going about this? Are you trying to conquer specific geographies, certain cities, mm. or s- or certain b- major routes? How, you, like how, how are you sort of biting at this? At the this so so unfortunately, due to you know, resource constraints, we have to be practical about it, which is why what we then did is to say we, 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 we're going to be association and route specific because that's the only way for us to kind of, you know, I'd, build it on this route, build it out, get it to work. Yeah, have the, the 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 solution online and tell people, download it, but it's only working in this area and then spread like that. Um, There's nothing I, wrong with that. You almost sound apologetic. I, I think that's the most sensible way. Also, isn't that, I mean, our neural pathways are, bur- are like seared to know, you know, the route. But like most Joe Burgers who've, who've had to use the, the, the taxi, you know, route system, have that seared in their heads. Like, why would you introduce something different? I suppose that's a good place to start. Yeah, so 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 just doing that organically. The challenge with that is obviously with scaling and trying to get investment and people are Your investment, like, when you say investment, it's a stock fell that is that the taxi guys have. That's your investment. Yeah, but then they need to see the value they first. They need to see the value so, first. So, they, they need to work past, oh, I need this, the smartphone's actually worth you know, investing in over my my feature phone. Yeah, so this your POC, is the, that's your POC, right? Yeah. So this is the this is the challenge we find ourselves in. That for every associate, like I said, the fragmentation of it is what drives the challenge. So this you literally need to do for every association. You first need to show them the value of the solution before they can invest. And how many associations that, in the, in the country? Uh, it's about three hundred and thirty last count. Um, hey, so there's a lot. Like, like, yeah. So in terms yeah. of POC, yeah. you said show value. Yeah, POC what, being uh, proof, proof, of of proof of concept. So, what are you actually going to show to tell? Let's say I'm a taxi owner. Yeah, um, I've got I don't know fifty taxis, hundred taxis normally, right? What do you, What do you have to show me to say? Okay, I want to sign up. What's a minimum viable product? So, for the operators, the minimum viable product is showing them basically the dispatch frequency ratios. So, how many people are in their vehicle from which taxi ranks at what time during the day and what that looks like. So how is their vehicle being used? Not only from where is, mm-hmm. and then obviously vehicle location as well, uh, but just basically how is my car being used? So how how many commuters are actually engaging with my vehicle? Oh, For them, that's yeah. because comparing remember, it with what okay. this what is they what they do. then can calculate because we don't have a payment platform on there. We okay. specifically decided not to have one simply because of the... I'll say the politics. You just didn't it. want to get shot, bro. <laughs> yeah, like as soon as you t- like, yeah, I still want to choose your battles, bro. <laughs> life, life is. Life they, is they're gonna be like, oh, so you want to bank us? <laughs> All right, bro. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so yeah. So, so from that perspective, they are able to understand a lot about their business, basically. Um, so then, but, how do you monetize then? It's the child versus the mother. We're selling sweets to a child. The child wants the sweets. They, the ones that are using it, but we're trying to identify who's the mother who would pay for the sweet. You know, and mm. the mother here so being it's a data play. Yeah, the mother here being anybody who would use the data itself, be it corporates who would like to know, you know, where their staff is. Um, there are there are a lot of people that do shift work and factory work, and you see them having to get a lot of shuttle services. 
because why they need to guarantee certain times for production for a lot of things. Warehouses have awkward uh, times operating, you know, and just normal, normal businesses um, over and above that. So what we're saying to them is this, that there are certain people that would be willing to initially pay for that data. So pay for this thing up front. But once they see the value in that, then they should take over. Okay. okay. Yeah. And so, look, um, sure. we're going to get to you, Vijay. Well, I'm in quite a second, interested. This is fascinating, right? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the, so there's two things that I see as parallels between you, what you guys are trying to do in Diego Moto, in that, firstly, there's, there's an acknowledgement of the public-private partnership-esque-ness of what needs to happen if this is going to be sustainable, uh, no small thanks to Uber showing us what happens when you decide to just, you know, be gung ho about the whole thing. Um, and and then the second one is the platform play, which is this isn't about A to B in terms of like the way we think about mobility and how we. I think the, the typical person on the street thinks about how these technologies are just enabling us to get from point A to point B in an easier fashion. This is if you're going to be a founder or an investor in the space about a clear roadmap that shows the value of a potential platform that yields value elsewhere. Have I got that right? Yeah. So, so, so basically where people move is important for a lot of people. You know, you got people that plan uh, shopping malls, you got people that are, you know, thinking about where to set up shop. There's a lot of planning data that can be informed by understanding where people are moving. It, it basically, where they're sending commuter requests from, where they're getting onto the vehicle and where they are getting off. Right. You know, that kind of data. So, yes, for the individual, yeah, it's about my 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 point A to point B. But it, it's, it's, it, it's larger than that. Even for the operator themselves to say that if operators, taxi operators, right, um, you know, there's sometimes, you know, there's places where the queues are so long. I mean, you go past the Monte Casino and William Nicole, or, or you do like, uh, uh, you know, John Smarts, you'll find that um, in the, especially in the afternoon peak, the lines would stretch. And that shows you that the operators are struggling with their planning. They're not able to plan their taxis. The guy's getting enough. his car washed somewhere. <laughs> or even they don't have enough, you know, to, oh, yeah. to for that particular point. Or they don't place them mm. strategically enough, knowing that there's traffic and all these other things, that these lines, so lines are just always constantly building, you know. Yeah. Um, then on the off-peak side, they're just chilling, you know, where yeah. it's like lost utilization. It's similar to, to the issues that network operators have, right? Yeah. How do you make sure that during the peak times, you're, you've got sufficient capacity for the peak times. And you're not over-invested in, in, ex- in infrastructure. Exactly. But then in the off-peak times, you're then able to utilize that off-peak, um, 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 you know, uh, services. So this is the same thing that data would help them understand. This is why we're saying this is operator. It's about you and your business, other revenue modes. Then on top of that, that allows you to go and pitch to investors. You know, my take is this. Why should these operators only get funding from government? Government goes out to institutional investors and and gets money. They could they could do the same. There's nothing stopping them from you know having their data, getting on a plane, going to Europe or America or wherever, and saying this is our business. This is what we're running. Here's you know these are our revenues. You know we're looking for 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 capex. Let's say because one of the challenges we're finding is that 
they are taking their opex and so so their operating expenditure but using that operating expenditure for capital expenditure as well yeah. unlike other businesses that you know when uh, likes of a network operator needs to to invest in base stations what do they do they, they go to the capital markets raise yeah. funding and then are able to build that capacity out in order to increase their revenue yeah and so and you touch on another problem that we were talking about off mic and I was just address it a little bit is about just how again if we, if that whole public private partnership is going to work mm-hmm. not only do you need like the political blessing of the business of the of the of government or you know lawmakers as Yego Motes I mean they pretty much be knighted over there in Rwanda right um but not only do you need that you actually need like the the actual cash or financial backing right and you know what you were telling us earlier about like the the South African government's frankly lackluster support of of public transport i mean i how's it i suppose that's the other side of things where you need policymakers that's the other side of your cell over time is getting policymakers to appreciate that hey guys um if the need is this large the potential is this large uh you guys are going to need to invest far more than you are right now so so this is the the challenge we have in that um politically when there are discussions you know people talk about you know transport ministers say how they're going to support the minibus tax industry then when you look at the budget spend this is where the allocations that is the true reflection of where people want to really make an impact it's the exact opposite so what's uh, it now give us a sense so the last the last time we looked at a at a at a at a, at a report um it it gave us a sense that they're looking at something in the region of about 200 billion in the next year in terms of infrastructure spend and of that the like i mean they're talking about expansion products projects for the how train you know moving uh, uh to other areas within the province so the majority of of what was discussed was going to rail i think rail took something like uh, almost 150 and then buses took another 40 it was 49 48 the minibus was only allocated something like 1.2 billion. And then what's the percentage of people actually using minibuses relative? Well, okay. in terms of public transport itself, mm-hmm. uh, minibuses make up over 70% of the public transport users. So so look how okay, upside so policy down. Policymakers listening to us right now, right? Like, like, just let that sink in a bit. I asked about that. And one guy said it's because, uh, because of the cartel situation uh, that the taxis operate. The government guy told me... We, it's been difficult to get it to them because for one thing it's it's private uh the infrastructure for rail and minibus uh, so the the trains and the but like the buses are actually public private partnerships and that's why they've put more money in while well, this is actually fully you know, private. That, sounds like, that, sounds, that sounds like that sounds like a silicon valley investor on why they don't invest in africa Yes, so, but, but there's a government guy yeah. telling me. So, Which is, so, so you know my, I mean? my point to them is always this, that they are still providing a public service. Whether it's private or not, mm. they are providing the biggest public service. So it is incumbent upon them to try and fix that because why every year then the complaints never stop. You're just saying it's hard. Basically what you're saying is what your contact yeah. told you yeah. or confessed is that it's super hard work. Mm. Yes, and we'd rather not. There are easier ways to spend. Not. It's easier to just to get a lot of buses and BRTs. And the how train. Is and just, the how train. It's just neater. Yeah, it looks neater. better on videos. Exactly. <laughs> but it's not a true reflection of what's it's going not on. What's going and on. other thing I asked him is, that, why don't they set up such a way that, again, it comes back to the after-robot situation where they stop in front of, your, front of you and the robot, you know? 
Why don't they make such a way that minibuses can stop nicely and pick up passengers? And that's because the infrastructure doesn't include budget for them because they are private. That's yeah. another answer. See, yeah. on the, and then, so to think about that, they're a high occupancy vehicle. So you go to any, let's say, developed uh, uh, country, right? Mm-hmm. And you, you look at their policies around high occupancy vehicles. Priority right? immediately. High occupancy vehicles get priority in all the places. Single occupancy vehicles there's surcharges to drive into city centers. There's all these things that they put in, right? So that argument always falls flat because it is still giving, like I'll still say, it's still giving a public service. It's giving the biggest public service. So by you saying, no, 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 they're private. Just in terms of savings, as you put it, right? Just in terms of like infrastructural savings, like we, I know like the taxi industry, like we're associated with like the congestion it causes and how difficult it makes it to drive, especially like downtown in Johannesburg. But I think in, even in town planning terms, the economic benefit of having them there. But it, it, would, it, it, it has to. Yeah. It, it has would, to. Yeah. yeah, because uh, my housekeeper, uh, that's the only transport she has to come to. And if she, sometimes she can't make it and we can't operate our business because she can't be there to help us because transport is not available or it doesn't operate at a certain time. And it's too expensive for us. So it costs us money. Imagine it costs, us, costs her less than half to come to us. It actually costs us less to pay for her as well. So it saves us money. Why, why is this... It should be a no-brainer, even from my perspective, to invest in this. Yeah, I can't believe you said it was only one point two billion, and 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 this is what we're saying is that they don't see the opportunity cost. So the the cost of them going away from this alternative is that they are spending more money trying to fix things instead of if they just spent it on this excuse about it's a private business. For me, I mean, I I sorry, like I really because if it's giving such a pri- public service. Uh, it's it's only private because at the time when it was needed most, you know, government wasn't there to do it. So mm, private right. citizens stepped in. That that's the that's the reason for it. So you can't still keep saying, yeah, but you know, it's it's a no. Yeah, if you could it, fix yeah. it, give them priority. So one of the discussions we are having is to say, you know, minibus taxis drive the way they do because why they have to now also jostle with normal traffic yet a BRT system they overnight, give them priority like, lanes from the start they got their own lanes bus from on the it start, the yellow lane from the start yeah. why is it okay to give them and then not and yet remember now these are public funds it's also affecting us publicly as well we should have a say in how it's used because if this is a public service that's been rendered like this I think certain you know certain sayings should now start to be let go because they're not helping the situation yeah. They yeah. they really need to be let go. Wow. Wow. My so, question is then why is government not having a partnership? Well, is it because of you know, taxes? I've been, I've been thinking about, because you, you, you've asked that question almost three times now. And yeah. I was sitting here thinking, roll back and think about the vested interests here. Yeah. Right. Firstly, there's the fractured thing that you, you talk about, which to me, it speaks to how readily banks or financial institutions have been disrupted by non-financial incumbents who have joined the sort of mobile money craze. Banks sat there and crunched the numbers about what it would cost to get someone in Tabanju banked. And they did the numbers and they just thought, like, this is ridiculous, right? And also, so I'm trying to think in terms of this industry and all the potential, you know, service providers that would need to collaborate to deliver a unified service to this industry. And I'm trying to work backwards to why wouldn't this make business sense for, say, um, all the players in a room to make this happen. They're just easier ways to make money, mm. like on infrastructure spend, on 
on on a big mobility spend uh, politically the winds of having a how train and how good it makes you look so what you're saying is we're doing everything we can to make sure the tourists and foreign and fdi is more mm. sufficient to us yes mm. and and, and right said. and right now and that's Couldn't just the, and that's just the truth that's it, the, i was that saying it in a million truth. words yeah. that's basically the truth and then if you think about all the other sort of private players that could potentially profit from these people um they've never had a heart for the industry to begin with so they're happy to finance a whole new fleet of of taxis they're happy to you know what i'm saying if you're like a bank and or whatever these high interest rates high, these high interest yeah, exactly. rates and, and they're money buy tax for cash exactly yes well, well, that's that's why they're not doing it because it's also because of fragmentation yes because again it takes 300 dudes with probably limited appreciation or understanding for financial matters and often zero mentorship except maybe second or third generation ownership of this taxi business to like get together and suddenly what become sunlam it's not going to happen they can have they could have their own bank right? yeah but, and put the money in there themselves or you know insure them yeah and then but but the, I therein think... lies the challenge i think it's the fragment yeah. and and one of the things also it's the fragmentation leads to a lot of things so one of the things we've we've picked up and you know it's one of the reports that we are you know discussing is that it's the way that let's say taxi drivers are hired um you know literally just a guy comes in off the street says i've got a driver's license uh oh no would interview him or that somebody's kid who doesn't have a job you know that's the kind of person who then just becomes a taxi driver so no thought into you know how important this person is that's providing the service they using my vehicle i mean these things are worth hundreds of thousands of rands um you know all sorts of things and 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 you'll find that there are systems in the association let's say that um are talking about owners need to come to the association there's a pool of drivers there's a pool of things that they try to organize but because the owners themselves are a business unto themselves that fragmentation yeah it's hard for them to try and enforce that so it's that fragmentation that that like you said you know for them you know the guy guys were probably generations of taxi drivers he became a driver for a long time then he got enough cash to buy his own vehicle now he hires another kid going down that same line right none of the stuff you were talking about that planning that would create a sunlam Yeah. None of that's None happening. None of that's going to happen. Okay, but, so, so but, but maybe yeah. let me say so I can't really so there's some things as well that I'm learning within the space itself. There are certain private initiatives that are taking place that I I really can't mention. I don't have the authority to, but that when I see give me hope yeah. that yeah. there is a possibility for change. Yeah. Um yeah. and the the people themselves as well have kind of heard of after robot. We've had discussions with them. they kind of seen where we want to take it and they kind of thinking the same line so there is i'll say this though i'll i'll have to i'll leave with this there is hope that this kind of potential future planning could occur uh whether it could occur whether it is going to happen quick enough that myself as a startup obviously needs to survive you know we've only got a certain runway that's that's beside the point but when i do see it I see that there's there is hope for 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 yeah. this kind of thinking to 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 happen. Yeah, look, I mean, I can't help but be optimistic and hopeful actually that you you're right about that. And and yeah, I suppose you know there was a segue 20 minutes ago that I wanted to exploit to sort of swing the conversation your way VJ because 
There's something you said, uh, Obakeng, about the difficulty in selling the premise and the what the opportunity is to potential investors, right? And how difficult that proves to be because of the lack of context or understanding or even lived in context that you and I probably have relative to, to a lot of other people, you know, who you, you probably need money from and don't have. And yeah. so the last time you were here, VJ, right. we also talk about context. Yeah. Okay. And it was in a different context, but, but similar issues, but just unique, it's kind of unique to your personal experience um, as a startup founder on the continent, building out value, uh, value adding businesses on the continent and being told that ah, you're not impact enough or <laughs> you're not scaling enough, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and, and you're not this and that enough. And you're actually the last time you were here, you're pretty, you know, flipping frustrated. But, <laughs> so, but a lot's happened since then. Give him a piece of your mind. Yeah, no. dude, that, like he, he, um, that show trended, man. <laughs> it was like, yeah, because I, I, was, I don't know if you heard that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, what I'm saying is that uh, when they come to South Africa or Africa generally, uh, they want to invest in um, social impact or social impact in inverted commas, I should call it, or inverted, whatever they call it. Inverted, uh, inverted right, yeah. apostrophe, yeah. whatever. Yeah. The, the, to them, social impact means it has to have some direct poverty impact. Right, I tell you, hey. Uh, uh, all I'm saying That's is, so do, you, do you want to improve the lives of Africans? Make a black man or woman wealthier. Yeah, don't don't hand Make, out. Yeah, dig a well. G- yeah. yeah, that's you know? what they want. Like, they want to dig a well. Y- you know, getting from living in this condition into oh, this condition, man. you've touched. Like, all you have to do no is that, thing. and that's the whole point of wealth creation. And then you're making money as a result because mm. he's making money. You've created an ecosystem. Like, like this was this was my thing. Is that so, social impact is. If we can fix the, let's say, I'll, I'll always take it to my element, right? If we can fix the operating environment for, let's say, an operator to work better and more efficiently, get more revenue, that has a social impact in terms of yes. them getting a better service to commuters, right. safer services. So you even working on the safety element, that that has an economic impact because there's more revenue flowing. Right. That is social impact. Yeah, but it's not it VR, mean, dude. <sighs> yeah, but see, so, so they're talking about like because that's chari- the other thing, right? Chari- so chari- either it's that social impact thing, yeah. or if it's not AI, or, or if it's not blockchain, blockchain, or, it's not, or VR. But I'm even saying it, it it has the elements of creating a blockchain. So create it. If you want to have it, it does have. It's got the players, yeah. the assets. There's the transactions. So if you help it build out, it can create a. Blockchain. Then it's a question of scale. Then it's a question of scale. And we all know how Google had billions of users mm. when they first started. No, they no, did not, no, right? No, no. <laughs> so it was a future play, right? But yeah. no, no, for us, there has to be an immediate... Yeah, that's all point. They want to see something like, oh, it's helping a thousand people not have hepatitis. Okay, I like what immediate you're doing. Immediate traction, you immediate know? scale. Exactly. So that's, it that doesn't work. Like that. In fact, when I pitched my previous business, uh, You Baby and I, which is a parenting uh, company yeah. that connects mothers yeah. to companies, yeah. It can be mothers from any LSM yeah, to yeah. to brands in any LSM, really. Yeah, yeah. So, but they look at that and go, ah, but you look like you are communicating with mothers with SUVs, you know. Right. Uh, that immediately like put that impression on their head. It's like, oh, sorry, why? Because it's a why? Because it's a pretty sight. 
Yeah, exactly. Is it a pretty sight? Does it hurt to have nice UI? Is it because I drove here in a Beamer? <laughs> like, what's the problem here? Like, what's the thing? Yeah, I mean, what's remember, the, the people who are buying this are Mamza SUVs, yes. But the people who are selling the product are coming from, you know, exactly. uh, low-end sort of environments. And you're making them wealthier because they're building a product that they want to buy. Right. And the and good news is someone got it eventually. Yeah, eventually, yes. So you guys landed investments. Yes, we, we, we have week. recently, yes. So, yeah. so like, well what, done. what, uh, so well done, yeah. Well done. Well done. Oh, thank so, you. So it's what, not easy. It's not, not no, it's uh, not. But what, what did you, what, what did it come down to? Because I think this is really formative. Um, I love how this is coming full circle from the last time you were here. Yeah. Um, so like, what, what did the, the, what did your investors get that other people had missed before? What story maybe did you have to tell? What did you have to tweak about your offering? Thinking, I'm hoping you didn't have to sell your soul or flip and change everything you thought you would need to do and bend over backwards to, yeah. you know, to 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 comply. What what happened? Um, just two things. Uh, for one thing, we just persisted. Okay, we just kept the story. Uh, our company just got bigger and bigger and bigger. So again, it came back to traction. It got, undi- un- it got undeniable. Undeniable. So the traction was there. So that was undeniable. Second one was there were more women in the panel who are adjudicating the business who actually understood it better than the male counterparts. See, they see it as, oh, it's just moms doing whatever. While the women, who are that's like, that's important. Diversity. My diversity. People, my community. my biggest point, right? That's what you've said. So yeah. maybe maybe also to also highlight. So we were also uh, fortunate that, um, so basically Qualcomm came on board. and Dang, uh, bro. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're trying to sue reach. Apple. They're pretty big. Yeah, yeah, they're trying to sue yeah, Apple via their wireless reach initiative. So we kind of, kind of also were fortunate right to, to show them Brilliant. the potential of what we're doing from a you know future business perspective. That's so good. wireless reach came on board, uh, Qualcomm wireless reach. So I'll, I'll, I'll say to that, but that what you've just said now speaks to the point of why it's important to have different elements of society be empowered and represented and represented. This is the problem we are finding. This is, you know, and funny enough, this, there was a book, I won't mention the book, but a guy that wrote it in 1986, right. That was talking about, and he was a guy who benefited from the old system talking about how it's not smart to push down so many people of your population and also trying to compete globally. But he wasn't very liked. I won't mention his name, but this speaks to it. If there were more guys like me that understood that had been on taxis on the panels, we would have gotten further, which is why that you find, right? The same people get funding that look like the people that are sitting across. So, so wait, you guys yeah. have this in common that you guys got money at a pitching competition. You know, we're not huge fans of these pitching competitions. Yeah, I, I, I also hated it. Uh, that's why I wasn't really doing much competitions. This was very simple where you apply to formally and say, you know, I would like to come in and, and talk to you about it. So, so and, this was a VC uh, it's a VC fund uh, that they run a accelerator program. And through that, they go through four phases of funding. So it's four phases. Mm-hmm. So it starts off with product development, marketing, business planning, et cetera. Was this a local VC? Local VC. I it's like to it's, say which one. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's called, um, sorry, I, IDF, which, uh, which is predominantly funded by Telcom. I know. Oh, IDF IDF. We're going to have them on the show uh-huh. in the yes. coming weeks. Yeah. Telcom, so we are Telcom Future Makers uh, ambassadors. Uh, so that's part of the program. So that's part of the whole thing. Okay. So that's and the reason why I, I pitched. Oh, All what right. I changed all is I emphasized my wife's more and say, you know what? Put a woman's face in the company. Come on, go and push it out there. I tend to pitch. It's not nice. You do it. You are building it's a something. Concept like why? Why? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So you do. It. You pitch. Go and talk to them. I, I'll support you as your CTO. But do your thing, and that also helped because. Uh, Future Makers Fund is actually trying to fund more women businesses 
So you talk. And it wasn't fronting because your wife no. actually runs the ship. Yes, exactly. She is the CEO. Yeah. The, the because she says, you know, you're the talker, you're the you're the, the, the startup guy. I said, no, I know, I understand. But so even the lesson for her yeah. is don't underestimate the importance of your voice and your role. Yes. In what representing your own hustle, representing your own needs as a founder, yeah. representing your place in the world in yeah. this entrepreneurial community, which tends to be male dominated, and her emotions comes through much better Empathy. because she's speaking from her personal experience. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So funny enough, and wait, you guys, did you pitch? Qualcomm so we've had a mixture. So okay. we've we've won a few competitions: um, Gauteng Innovation Competition. Uh, the Ericsson uh, App of the Year competition for technology for most good, but then um, we then Qualcomm was per invite wireless reach, so we had to pitch as well. So it was it was a mixture of both. But to their credit, though, um, I don't have a mandate to speak on behalf of IDF. We don't have anything with them, but I did have a meeting with them. I must say, of the VCs that I've had to pitch to. Um, I can attest to what at least you know they listen like they they actually were engaged you know trying to trying to understand what it is you're doing so I'll I'll, I'll give them that not that I have anything with them at the moment but um, yeah. just to but it's not done it's not done yeah uh, this is on the first phase and yeah. there will still be more needed for operational yeah. capital uh, job creations building you know getting people around the country but at least they listen that's yeah. what I'm yeah. saying I, so I picked still... up the sense that at least you know like you're not talking to yeah people that don't get what it is so uh, you know we've got. Just a few minutes left, you know, and Vijay, I want us to unpack a little more some of the lessons you've learned right. since you were last here or some of the maybe problems you might have flagged that have since been validated, unfortunately, again, mm. or workarounds that you figured out right. that might be helpful to people who listened the last time. Mm. And if you're wondering which show we're talking about, I think it's entitled... Investor Bias 2.0. It's something, yes. Yeah, I think it's the Investor Bias 2.0. It was featuring VJ. Go check it out. Look for it on Africa Tech Round, africantechroundup.com. Uh, and then just click on the, yeah, yeah. actually just scroll down and you'll find it. And so, yeah, what 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 do you, what else do you come to the table? Because TapSnap, which is your Uber for photographers concept. Right. I'm sorry to use that term. I should actually. Oh, by the it, way, if it you, is if not an Uber for. T- it is your after robot for. Ah, uh, thank you. Thank it's your you, after man. robot for <laughs> photography. That's why you should uh, be talking. Yes, you, use the local narrative. Yeah, yeah. But if you ever have a problem with Uber, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, using Uberizing, and some because sometimes some people get, oh, don't use that word again. It's rather use the word uh, marketplace. You're a marketplace, mm-hmm. yeah. or use the word you're on demand, mm-hmm. meaning you're on a demand, taxi on demand, yeah. or you're a photography on demand. All right. So, but, okay, another workaround, which clearly yes. worked for you. But to answer the question mm-hmm. about you know stuff you've learned or validated or mm-hmm. unlearned or worked around mm-hmm. since our discussion. Well, you've got to learn that the way the startup industry has been built has been built around the Silicon Valley model. And we're trying to impose that onto the local market, mm-hmm. which is going to be mm-hmm. uh, cognizant of that. And the local investors here, mm-hmm. the VCs, are using that model mm-hmm. to try and impose that onto the African uh, market, which mm-hmm. doesn't quite work. Which mm-hmm. is predominantly why the VCs are in Cape Town. Mm-hmm. And as you know, that's the kind of business mm-hmm. that get funded. Mm-hmm. And they're not actually solving African problems. I can think they're of a mobility one that's, that, that's yeah, fell from the sky recently. Yeah, they're actually, trying to scale. One. You probably know which one I'm talking about. <laughs> but yeah, anyway. Yeah, they're trying to scale and then say, can it be international? Yeah, but are we solving any local problems? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Yes, it's a business problem. It's all about making money. But is it local, mm-hmm. right? And that's why the local guys don't get uh, the funding or the, the eyeballs to be fired. Because <sighs> yeah. so, they keep so saying, true. if I put money in, can I get 10x growth? That's not going to happen here. Yeah, 10x growth. So the Silicon Valley guys, they put in... Hundred million dollars, uh, and they do expect ten x growth. You put in ten million rands, mm, and, and you, you want ten x growth <laughs> uh, in the market here. No, that's not going to happen. 
right yeah. so that yeah. uh, that that uh, mm. uh, lesson really helped and also you got to put that mm. back to them and say this is what i'm trying to achieve this is what i want to get I to i think they also yeah. don't realize that you know businesses <laughs> so like true. you guys you guys have to also invest in building infrastructure to support <laughs> so the startup yeah. yes aside from you know what i mean aside yeah. from the Just you know the executing on a great it, yeah. on a great concept yeah. I, i think yeah. elon musk is a great example uh, of actually um building something that people might want but starting with one thing and then mm. and expanding and expanding mm. what they want you to do is come when you already have something to go to space yeah when you, when you in fact what they'll say is when you land on mars come talk to me yes you know that's how it's proof of concept yeah. man on mars yeah, man yeah, on like, mars I mean, no but he, he started with paypal <laughs> yeah. and then he built a, a, a fancy electric car for the rich mm. then he moved on to a middle class uh, electric car eventually mm. that electric car is going to so be available you started paypal He started PayPal. That's what I mean. Did you say PayPal at the beginning? PayPal, yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yeah. PayPal. Yeah. Uh, with with uh, Peter Thiel. Yes. Right. Uh then uh, then he is going to eventually make a middle class car. Mm. That car is going to be available here eventually. Mm. Uh and that's the whole the point. Model three. That you got to start with that model. That's what you got to learn and unlearn. Yeah, but well. Elon Musk doesn't look like you at all or sound like you no. fucking. No. That, that, so, that's why he he speaks to that crowd. Yeah. We, yeah. we need the Elon Musk of South Africa. There's Who, that too, right? Right. There's a lot of that. There's a lot there's of that. We need we need the local. We need the local. Who's the guy who's saying This is my vision but what do I start with mm. and how do you articulate that mm. and say I want to reach here but I want you to help me build this first mm. in photography for example I built Tapsnap the bigger vision is something else actually mm. right are you allowed to say of course um it's all about uh freedom and you know having how can I put it how can I articulate it it is unified travel mm. you know mm. nice. just say that unified travel so that people anywhere in the world can enjoy an experience hassle free mm. right right but mm. we're starting with photographies and making mm. it easy for you to book it look out airbnb yeah exactly he's just coming he's just coming he's on his way he's on his way so listen guys i mean we're out of time and and thank you so no much worries. for being here no um oh pleasure oh this catch has been awesome yeah. you sir um are now officially a friend of the show but ah, thank you very we're, much we're keeping an eye on you thank um, you thank you we like the th- you know the trends that you are part of and we don't think they're gimmicky at all we see you over there trying to push the whole um public private partnership you know trying to do very difficult things that we know very well healed political entities mm-hmm. corporate entities we just rather couldn't be bothered to do we see you trying to take that on we see you trying to improve things for our people we see you trying to convince them that you're on their side that's all tough stuff and tough. it's that is this it's it's um it's really nice to see um that sort of you know entrepreneurial pedigree come through these doors There's a lot to like and we wish you well. VJ as Thank always you, 2 out of 2 my guy. So since you were here, I don't I'm not saying the show helped at all. Okay, I'm not <laughs> going to take any did. credit. But he he's been both his startups have been funded since he was on the show folks. So I don't know what that means. Um it means I, we got to come here. Yeah. You got to come here. Invites, you got to you know, get more invites. invites. Okay. Like, yeah. But no, thanks, guys. Um, before I say goodbye to our listeners, once again, uh, a big thank you to Afrobytes Tech Conference 2018 for sponsoring this particular episode of the African Tech Roundup podcast. Um, Afrobytes Tech Conference 2018 is Europe's preeminent Africa-focused tech event. It is unmissable, folks. It goes down in Paris on June the 7th and the 8th, 2018. Uh, once again, we're really honored to be uh, media partners for the event, partnering with the Afrobytes team to bring you the very finest opportunities to connect with an incredible cross section of african talent and um some of the most prolific actors within our emerging tech and innovation scene game changing insights guaranteed the event will be hosted at midef in the heart of paris 
Listen, to find out more, head over to afrobytes.com and get a sense of what you missed out on last year and a sense of what you better not miss out on this year. Super early bird bookings are open right now. And by the way, again, look out for that, uh, for the video content we're going to start to release in the lead up to Afrobytes Tech Conference. We cannot wait to share some of the the exclusive insights we, we, we gleaned uh, on video will give you all the heads up you need in the coming weeks. Uh, in the meantime, though, thanks again to Afrobytes. Check them out at afrobytes.com. So, folks, that's it this week. Um, Vijay, because you're co-host, help me thank our <laughs> guest here today. Your co-host I want today. to thank After Robot. I've yes. got it right, finally. Yes. Yes. I'm going to yes. thank After Robot for being here. Because he got it wrong I don't, I'm not going to say it yeah. No, no, it's all good, it's all good. Yeah. No, we've got to get the I name just, out though I would just ask for something You know, entrepreneurship also It's like, it's it's also a lonely kind of space So it's it's nice having a community of people That kind of get that, you know You're not just crazy Yeah. Um. So so I'll, I'll be coming around a lot more um, Dude know. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just follow up on that conference It sounds killer You need so to be there You need I'm to gonna, be there I'm gonna make sure that I yeah and we're gonna have you back no doubt nah, but gang Matoho, look out for the man and his team at After Robot and of course a big thank you to my co-hosts for the day uh, Tapsnap founder and CEO VJ Vijendranath thank you so much for being here bro only a pleasure and thank you uh, my man uh, you're gonna tell me more about your stuff and cool. uh, is it correct that you're giving away a free taxi after this <laughs> uh, no you get a taxi you get a taxi everyone gets a taxi uh, no 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 bro. there's a lady fake in news. the states who does that um <laughs> No, no, no. Fake news, folks. Scratch from the record. Listen, Africa. Um, thank you for listening. In the meantime, do take care.